Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we make our journey through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Let's dig in. Here, at this point now in the book of Ephesians, it's almost as though all of the three chapters up until now has been something of an introductory lesson by Paul setting up what he now wants to say. It's almost as though we are now moving into the content that Paul has intended to get us to, but had to just lay the groundwork for us to get there. And so now what we're going to see when we move into Ephesians chapter four is Paul getting very serious about both theology and practice and how those things work out in our lives, specifically in regard to unity. We're going to see Paul start chipping away at that idea of unity. So Ephesians chapter four, verse one, Paul writes, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, remember Paul is writing this from prison, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you've been called by God. It seems as though Paul either is aware that the church in Ephesus has not been living up to what in his mind it means to be a Christian, or Paul has some fear that perhaps the direction that they're headed in, or certainly the culture of the city of Ephesus was one that was diametrically opposite to the culture of someone who should be following Jesus Christ. And so maybe maybe Paul was concerned that they would slip back into their own ways. And so he now begs them to lead a life that is worthy of being called a Christian, that is worthy of someone who is a follower of Jesus Christ, a journey which they have been called to, not by Paul, not by whoever it was that shared the gospel with them, but that they have been called to by God himself. And so now in verse two, Paul is going to actually kind of lay out for us what it looks like to walk out or live out that calling of Jesus. And I'm glad that Paul here actually gives us some of the details so that we're not left guessing as to what he means by live a life worthy of your calling. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, I want to hit pause here because Paul has said a whole heck of a lot in just a few simple words. In fact, just right here in this single sentence, Paul has given us four marks of what it means to be someone who is living a life worthy of the calling of being a follower of Jesus. And so I just want to Lay them right out for you so that you know exactly what those four things are. Paul says there in chapter 4, verse 2, that humility, gentleness, patience, and making allowances for the faults of others 
are the four things that at least in his mind in this moment are things that he is begging of them to make sure that mark them. So humility, gentleness, patience, and making allowance for the faults of others. Now, we recognize those words. None of those words that Paul have used there are ones that are surprises to us. But oftentimes we don't necessarily know what those words mean. What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean to be gentle? Does that mean I can't be a man? Does that mean that uh, I can't be a strong woman? Does that mean... I have to be a pushover. What does patience mean? What am I being patient for or, or waiting on and making allowance for the faults of others? Really? I have to I have to let others do what they want. So what, what do you mean there, Paul? Well, okay, let's walk through each one of those words real quickly. First of all, humility. What what the Bible typically means by humility is this is is seeing yourself as God sees you, not seeing yourself as others see you. What happens when we see ourselves as God sees us, we see ourselves as being important. We see ourselves as already being people who are fulfilled. We see ourselves as being people who have something to offer the world, both spiritually and also the broader world as well. What happens when somebody isn't humble? Well, usually what happens when someone isn't humble is they are trying to compensate. They are trying to prove themselves to the world that they have worth, that they have value, that they know something or that they have something. And so they are not humble because it's a defense mechanism to try to project onto the world their value and their importance. And Paul says here, you already have value. You already have importance. No one can take that away from you by anything they say about you, anything they think about you, anything that they believe about you, anything that they lie about you. None of those things can be taken away from you. You already have infinite value and worth from God. And when you recognize that, that causes us to be able to live a life of humility where we have nothing to prove. So be humble. Number two, gentleness. Gentleness um, is a word that is also used uh, in idea in the Beatitudes under this idea of, of meekness. It's not simply being a pushover. It is power that's under control. I, I love to work out. I love going to the gym. One of the things that I find when I'm at the gym is biggest guys who are there, the strongest guys that are there are oftentimes the most low-key guys, the most easygoing, the most gentle, the most helpful. They, though, have incredible power. And you'll see some of these other guys, individuals come in who are relative weaklings in comparison, but puff their chest out acting strong and macho, just trying to prove themselves. They have power, but it's not under control. Get in fights, arguing with people. What gentleness is, is gentleness isn't a pushover. Gentleness isn't a weakling. Gentleness is somebody who has strength and who has power, but who doesn't have to prove it. It's under control. That's what gentleness is. Patience. Patience is... 
Patience is believing that God's timetable is better than your timetable. You see, what happens whenever we become impatient, we become impatient because of frustration that our timetable isn't being followed, that things aren't moving as quickly as we want them to, are, are running through the marks that we want them to, at the pace that we want them to. And so because of that, we become impatient. Someone who is patient is comfortable at the pace at which things are moving. How do we get to a point where we're comfortable at the pace at which things are moving? We understand that it's okay that things don't move at our pace or at our speed. And so when it comes to the Christian life, what Paul is saying here is patience is essentially believing that God's timetable is better than ours. That God's timetable for doing things is more accurate and more needful than the way in which you think they should be done and the time in which you think they should be done. That's patience. Making allowance for others' faults. Maybe in some ways this is one of the most, if not the most important one. Making allowance for others' faults is, is putting up with someone or putting up with something out of love. We do this many times with our spouse and with our children. In fact, we, we have to learn many times to do this with our spouse or with our children to, to allow ourselves to, to just let it go. Putting up with the things that annoy us, putting up with the things that frustrate us, putting up with the things that are just simply done differently than we would do it. Out of love. God says, that's a practice that shouldn't just be lived out in the family relationships with children, with parents, with spouses, love interests. But your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ as well. Paul says, this is what it means to live out a life that is worthy of your calling, that is worthy of the way of Jesus. A life that's humble, that's seeing yourself as God sees you. Gentle, it's powerful, but it's under control. Patience, that understands that God's timetable is better than your timetable and makes allowance for others' faults. Puts up with them out of agape love because you love them. When that happens in verse 3, Paul says, you are making every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. And there's the unity. That's how you begin to see unity in the body of Christ and your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ as you begin to practice those four things, binding yourself together with peace, unity. Paul says unity is given, not built. Unity is a gift from God. Unity is something that comes inherent to the body of Christ. And so if you are not united as the body of Christ, it's not as though it's God's fault. It's it's your fault. It's my fault. We can't build unity. We can't manufacture unity. It's already there, which means that if we're not united, then we're, then we're living outside of the body of Jesus Christ because it is inherent to the body of Christ that we be united. Living in humility and gentleness and patience and making allowance for the love of others, 
That's how we accomplish it. And so Paul now drives the point home in verse 4. There is one body. There is one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul says, you've got to be united because there's only there's only one group. It's not this group over here and that group over there. It's not the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, the Baptists, and the Methodists. It's, it's not a whole bunch of swimmer groups, and you decide which one that you want to be a part of, which faith you want to follow. No. There's one body, the body of Jesus Christ. There is one blood, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is the father of all. This unity thing, Paul says, really matters. And how do we accomplish it? Well, the first thing that we do to accomplish it is we do a gut check and we say, Are we the problem? Are we living out what it means to be a life worthy of the calling of unity that God has placed upon us? So do a temperature check. How are you on humility, gentleness, meekness, patience? How are you on making allowance for the faults of others? Working on those things in your life? will bring greater unity to you and greater unity to the body of Jesus Christ. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, it's really simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to Christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I'm going to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at Christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.